Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With each mortgage-free home, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us. Heroes that put their lives on the line for all of us, risking their lives for our country and our communities. These heroes need your help now more than ever. Help America's heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. I feel just revitalized. I don't know if we got a great week of reality TV. I don't know if it's because we finally got the Real Housewives of New York trailer. I don't know if it's because we finally got some melanin in New York. I don't know what it is, but I'm just feeling good. You know what? It makes me want to step in the name of love. Oh, child. <laughs> Wait a minute now. Hold on. I'm singing R. Kelly. I can't be doing that now. Child. I might as well go. Let me go watch an Army Hammer movie while I'm at it. Hell. Look, this is your weekly reality TV roundup episode of me and you, the Housewives and Marvel 2. And let's go ahead and do this shit before I get canceled. Hey guys, this is the self-proclaimed season ticket holder of pop culture and your mama's favorite black geek. I'm Kendrick, host of the Me and You, the Housewives and Marvel 2 podcast, a podcast that, through my own random and winding rants, discusses everything related to pop culture. Everything from reality TV, to the MCU, to the DCEU, to all of the hot topics being discussed on CNN, NBC, BET, ABC, and 123. Grab your wine glass, sit back, and get ready to cuss and fuss right along with me. Woo!
you know what? I think I figured out why it was such a great week of television for me because I don't have to put up with Matt James ass on the bachelor anymore. And I think that's reason enough to rejoice for everybody. Now, while I'm glad we had a black bachelor, um, I'm, I was sick of his ass. I was ready for him to go. He wasn't necessarily the black bachelor I asked for, but damn it. He was the one I got. Kaya said, maybe he should come on back to, you know, bachelor in paradise. Y'all know Kaya from the, the Bravo wild black, uh, podcast. You're going to be hearing from her throughout this episode. You're going to hear from a few more people too. You know, now I have an interactive format where I solicit comments and questions, concerns, everything from you guys, the people that actually listen to my podcast. So with that being said, we got one piece of news to discuss before we get to the episode. And that is that Real Housewives of New York trailer. My God, my God. I didn't realize how much I missed those ladies until I saw newbie Ebony K. Williams all up and through that trailer. Until I saw Bershawn Shaw all up in that trailer. I'm just feeling good. It's about time. New York is too damn diverse to have an all-white cast. Give me some melanation. Give me some attorney. Give me some motivational speaker. Some uh, a multiple multiple time breast cancer survivor give me some shade throwing give me some most educated in the room give me all of that i'm ready to see all of that on new york i'm ready to see somebody finally check ramona's ass about calling people the help the servants the dishwasher all kind of stuff girl you don't know them people name they work for you what the hell is wrong with you ramona i'm sick of the shit and it's time for ebony k williams to come through and to check all of that i'm ready for it and you know what i'm not the only person that's excited for this uh, new season of The Real Housewives of New York City. Why don't we go to Kaya from the Bravo Wild Black Podcast to tell you what she thinks about the trailer. Hey, it's Kaya from Bravo Wild Black with an opinion on The Real Housewives of New York trailer. These girls are bringing it, not in a drama-filled kind of way. Some people say that it's underwhelming, and I get that. But for me, it's exactly what we need. 2020 was hard as hell 2021 i want to be all about the laughs all about the drinking the fussing the fighting and the pettiness and i think that i saw all of that in the new york trailer especially with ebony k williams coming in like a firecracker and gathering the girls together i can't wait to see this more social side of her we usually see her as a political commentator or a serious newscaster but something tells me she is definitely going to surprise us in good and maybe not so good ways this upcoming season but judging just by the trailer she's just what we needed congratulations ebony we can't wait to i just want to point out that ebony k williams is super super sweet too if you hit her up in the dms on instagram she'll probably respond she she every time i reach out to her we talk about a million different things she's so sweet she gives advice as a podcaster tell me what it's like to be an attorney all kind of stuff so if you're interested in getting to know her oh chat look i'm putting all this lady business out there i was about to say reach out to her don't don't hit up that damn lady leave that lady alone she probably got shit to do let's go ahead and move on to the bell collective because man oh man we got the reunion this week i thought it was just going to be one part that is two parts total but that first part gave me everything i needed in life and more i'm talking about from start to finish it gave and it did what it needed to do okay 
the fashions, man, oh man, they gave me good old Phaedra Parks with the the jewels, like early Phaedra Parks, you know, with the jewels and rhinestones and embellishments. But let me tell you something, cause the fashions were good, but that hair, everybody had that hair laid from side to side. If you got a black family, then you see finger waves, you see weave, you see naturals, everything. They had that hair laid in every single hairstyle that the ancestors wore uh, while they were fighting for justice, goddammit. Everything, the hair was, Marie, them finger waves were laid. Latrice, you already know, uh, you you the hair maven, you the Beyonce of hair, apparently, the child. Uh, it, it was looking good. Everybody was up there on that stage looking good. I'm proud of y'all. Let's go ahead and get this thing started because man, y'all 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 did that. Congratulations, y'all were y'all giving them housewives a run for their money. I'll tell you. We start the reunion off with an update from Antoinette regarding her business. She's now seeing clients. She now has a bathroom and things are going amazing as far as like the black students coming in and learning and interning and apply to work for her and uh, helping get those grants, all kind of stuff. Egypt Sherrod is the one that was hosting the reunion. Come on, Egypt. She asked her about the comments she made on a show about being apprehensive about raising biracial children and how duh, you should have known that you could be raising biracial children since you had a white husband. I mean, that's not too damn hard to figure out. We all wore her ass out about that, but you know, she says she brings it all back to her control issues. Listen, when Egypt was getting all up in her business, she asked her what kind of man she wants since she claims to be over her ex-husband. Antoinette, or Tony, as I say, Tony Childs, says she want a man that can turn up the to hood music but can also go to brunch. Now, look, ain't that the goddamn dream? I'm so tired of having one or the other. That's why I never get married because it's hard to find somebody that can do both. You know, we like we like well-rounded individuals over here, okay? I need you to be able to quote Gucci Mane but still be able to go to brunch and order me a little uh, chicken and waffle with a little egg full guar on the side, okay? I need I, I, It's called balance. I need all of that. I need you to be able to quote a little bit of Pooh Shiesty, but then, you know, I need you to be able to tell them that I like my mimosas with pineapple. I don't want no damn orange juice. I want pineapple juice. I need you to be able to hit a couple city girl quotes. But then, you know, as we go on the brunch, you know, you go ahead, you let me do the park and I go ahead and park. And by the time I get in there, you already tell them what I want. And they coming over with my grapefruit juice and champagne already in the glass. That's the kind of stuff we need. Is what Have I found that yet? Hell no. But I mean... I'm searching. I'm I'm if I'm searching. If y'all got any nominees for me, let me know. But until then, uh I'm fine right now sitting on my goddamn couch. I go and get my second vaccine the day that y'all listening to this podcast. So don't cry for me, Savannah. They then as a whole go to the reactions that they've received since the show has aired. Marie said she received a whole lot of positive, you know, feedback, but she's also received a lot of hatred from a particular blogger. The blogger is saying stuff like she's committing fraud, she's a convicted felon, she's not a millionaire, she has a fly-by-night business, all kind of stuff. They said she don't even finger her own waves, child. They saying all kind of stuff about Marie. Marie said, you aren't just affecting me, you're affecting my business partner. I know that's right, Marie. You better go up for Essie. Essie, we all got pain for seven years. I sung with you. 
I was your sister. <laughs> then we get a little bit more specific. Letitia says there are people going outside of the collective and giving information to the bloggers. She said that her and Latrice had like this long, like great conversation and they shared some personal stuff. They didn't say what now. They just said that they shared some things. I don't, I don't know what that means, but we'll, we'll let them slide on there. But Letitia mentions that about three days later, the same blogger had all of the information that they had just talked about. Now, see, I don't look a lot of y'all. And I'm talking about a lot of y'all slid in my DMS and, uh, asked about who this blogger was and what happened. I had to do a little bit of digging, but let me get Kaya again from the Bravo while black podcast to kind of help set this up for me. Hello, this is Kaya. Get used to hearing my annoying voice. On Bell Collective, I have an opinion, as I have an opinion on everything. Um, I think that Bell Collective is definitely the new moment. It's going to be a hot show, along with Love and Marriage Huntsville. It has everything that we need. The drama, the beautiful, educated, and rich Black women, the activism, and the real stories. I am such a huge fan of this show. But if someone could please tell me what the rumors are, who is the blogger that is being referred to in this reunion, I would definitely appreciate that. Now listen, I had to, I'm talking about I had to scour the internet. I felt like I had to go on back page to find this information out because I didn't know who the hell the blogger was they were talking about. At first, I thought it was one of these like super well-known bloggers because I saw that I saw a particular name. I don't want to get him involved in it, but I saw a particular name being thrown out there, but I couldn't find anything to substantiate that. But after I did a little digging, apparently it's a blogger named Cypher that everyone is talking about. I've never heard of this blogger, but apparently he was the one, uh, he had the girl shook. So, uh, more power to you, Cypher. Now I've never heard of you. Maybe I will hear of you one day, or maybe, you know, I just got to, uh, broaden my horizons. Cause y'all know I stick to my little corner. I don't bother nobody. I just, you know, come home and eat, but I don't know. Apparently it's somebody named Cypher. If y'all know who Cypher is sliding my DMS. Cause I kind of want to, I want to know a little bit more information. I, you know, I'm just, we need to know who this cipher is because apparently he had these he had them shook up because they spent half the reunion talking about damn cipher. All of that, of course, is alleged because I don't know if that's really true. Egypt asked Letitia to be direct, and Letitia says there's no way she believed it was Latrice at first. But yes, there's a but. Now she believes it. Chat Latrice started crying and look, that let you know right there, she guilty. <laughs> I love me some Latrice now, don't get me wrong, but you're guilty. She says she only told her so that she could get on top of the situation. Latrice says she doesn't know the blogger. Egypt says if Letitia believes her, and she says, No. <laughs> we then find out that like a three-way call or something happened after that like immediately afterwards where latrice tried to find out who was giving the information to the blogger this is when egypt's like okay now wait a minute wait wait wait, 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 wait pause wait you just said you didn't think someone in your circle was doing this she hit it with that dr heavenly did i say that <laughs> yes the hell you did this leads to my favorite moment of the reunion marie jumped in and said, Egypt, my entire credibility 
has been tarnished. Not tarnished. My entire credibility has been tarnished. See, this is why I love this show so much. Everybody on this show, or at least the ones on the left side, <laughs> the left couch, look, that was Letitia, Marie, and Tambra. All of them sound just like the country motherfuckers that I interact with on a daily basis in Memphis, Tennessee. Hell, they sound just like me. Let me quit playing. People be all shook when they find out that I have an MBA sometimes. Then I have to hit them. I got to hit them with their NeNe leaks. Oh, I'm very college educated, okay? I'm very college educated. Then I go right back to uh, talking this country as hell. Somehow or another, we swivel into Bundlegate again. <laughs> and whether or not Marie bought her hair from Latrice's store. Now, child, this is when we find out Kaylin's old messy ass is involved. She apparently got on live with the blogger and said that there's a recording. And she said that Latrice is the one that made the call to the blogger and all. I, it's confusing. I listen, just try to keep up. I know it's a lot, but child, we, we'll get through it. Cause I don't know what the hell was going on. I want to mention though, that we take a hard, I mean, hard right turn. And we start talking about Tambra and her journey this season. And we find out that she actually has embryos now. Yay. Go Tambra. Okay. Not just frozen eggs. They're officially fertilized by that guy who on the show, who she's known for like 16 years now. Go ahead, Tambra. I'm rooting for you. Y'all met back in college. Y'all know each other. Y'all love each other. All that black love over there. Just surrounding with the black love. I love it. Go ahead. Get that. And then look, we talk about all that black love. And then somehow we take a hard left turn right back in the bundle gate. Now, ain't that some shit? They actually, though, the thing I love, they gave us a deleted scene that tickled every ounce of my spirit listen marie is messy and i love every moment of the messiness they get into it again in this deleted scene they get into it again over customer service and all this kind of stuff latrice says see this is why i'm number one at what i do because at that point they've been arguing for a minute marie said girl I will buy you out of stock. Big bank, take little bank. You better come on, 2 chains. Look, I you know I love me a 2 chains verse. I've seen, funny fact about me, I've seen 2 chains in concert five times at this point. I know that sounds crazy, but for the longest time, 2 chains was my favorite rapper. Like, I... Every time he put out an album, mixtape, whatever, I was going to see him in concert. I love me some 2 chains. Maurice said, uh, Big Bank, Take Lil' Bank. I almost started rapping uh, Nicki Minaj verse on this song. <laughs> Don't play with me. 2 chains, you fucking crazy. Motherfuckers know I'm fucking crazy. Fuck wrong with these bitches lately. Bitch better get on their knees and praise me. Bitch, I rep that rich gang. Where's Stunner? Where's Wayne? That's red on my wrist, bang. SB, Mac, man. Tell Tiger, looking for this bitch called Black China. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> I just look. I need y'all to know I don't play by my rhymes, okay? I told you I need somebody at brunch that can go bar for bar for me when we in the car going to brunch. I need you to be able to go bar for bar, 16 for 16. If I spit a little Kim verse, I need you to get Biggie part. If I spit a Tupac verse, I need, I don't know who part I need you to take. The, you, you be Brenda. Brenda that had the baby. You be her. I'm going to be Tupac. I need a ride or die, okay? We go, we'll figure it out. We're going to make it work, okay? 
as they try to talk through all of this, the terms so envious and so jealous constantly get thrown around and Egypt can't get a word in edgewise. They calling each other clowns and renters and owners, all kind of stuff. Egypt gets the fuck up and she goes to her dressing room. Egypt said, look, y'all ain't paying me nearly enough for this bullshit. They trying to uh, pay Egypt and crinkle the ones. Y'all know she look. Y'all know on sometime. They, <laughs> them checks, I don't know. You better cash them before uh, Oprah find out about all this reality TV y'all doing around there. They trying to pay uh, Egypt and crinkle the ones. Egypt like, no, nah, I want some of them new Harriet Tubman blue. I, I want that blue money with Harriet on it, okay? I don't want none of this shit. Child, even Carlos King had to come out and get them girls together. They were not playing. They were ready to argue and argue all damn day long all damn day long. Marie said she took the opportunity to ask about the hair because she could hear them discussing the outfit. When she confronted her, she said Latrice basically didn't offer her. (laughs) She said Latrice basically didn't offer her good customer service. Latrice said she should have called her customer service line between the hours of 10 and five. And Latrice said, you know what? I wouldn't have been able to help you nowhere because there were gold streaks in that hair and that proves that it wasn't my hair. Antoinette tried to jump in there after Maurice and she said that she didn't know, uh, what'd she say? She tried to jump in after, like Maurice said, she didn't, uh, know what to do with the cheap ass hair and the pack and all that kind of stuff. Baby, let me tell you something. She said, I can make her do what it needs to do. Antoinette said, did you make it do what it needed to do that day? Oh, they woke Antoinette's ass out without hesitation. Marie and Letitia asked her, so where's your divorce Porsche? Ooh. Now, wait a minute. Y'all y'all got some tea to spill? What that mean? The Porsche ain't nowhere to be found? Wait a minute. Did it get... <laughs> Antoinette, did they repo your shit? What happened? Now, look. I know a lot of people who cars have been repo. It ain't nothing to be ashamed about. But don't be don't be going to nobody her now if you can't keep your car now, Okay. I'm just saying, Antoinette said, but what about Ferris Street? Oop, see, y'all going low, but I think I'm here for this shit. <laughs> Michelle Obama said, when they go low, we go high. That rule don't apply on reality TV, okay? When they go low, you go to hell. You hear me? Child, they accused Marie of swapping the good quality Latrice, a.k.a. Beyonce of Mississippi hair out, and replacing it with one of them LOL doll we. <laughs> Well, they didn't They didn't say that exactly, but the quality was about the same anyway. Shit. Antoinette says she thinks Marie is very smart. She said, I like the way she revises history. I even like the way she tells the story. It's poetic even. <laughs> now, look, that shit was funny. Y'all know Marie, my girl. Don't be talking about Marie like y'all crazy, but that shit was funny. I'm not going to lie. I, I, uh, I, I, I got to go up for it. Go ahead. Go ahead, Antoinette. You, you, you gave when you needed to give, okay? Then we get to the end of the reunion and they bring Kaylin's raggedy ass out. And she finally acknowledges how ridiculous her performance was at that brunch. White fragility is what most of the world witnessed, but they also witnessed black women catering to her. And I'm glad they actually acknowledged all of this. They actually talked about not only how problematic Kaylin was at their brunch, but how ridiculous as was to like sit there and be that open and that honest and having that necessary of a conversation and then to stop 
to make sure that Kalen's feelings weren't hurt. It was all kind of ridiculous. Like, what what in the Django Unchained is going on? Like, I don't... But... Then Marie reveals, after they had that little moment, because <laughs> they, they went right on past that, then Marie reveals that Kalen is the one that orchestrated everything surrounding the blogs on behalf of Antoinette and Latrice. In the released audio... The convo was between her and Kaylin, or the blogger and Kaylin, whoever. They <laughs> they asked, okay, so Kaylin, who sent you? That girl said, I sent myself. Ooh. Now, hold on, Kaylin. Don't, don't, don't get too damn smart now, okay? <laughs> don't get too big for your britches, chat. I'm ready for part two. That reunion gave me everything I needed to give, okay? We close to Friday. Uh, my ass, I don't know how the hell I'm going to react to this uh, second dose of COVID vaccine, but... Hopefully I'll be uh, good and well to watch part two live because they gave me everything I needed. Let's go ahead and talk about these damn little women of Atlanta. I'm actually not going to spend too much time <laughs> on little women Atlanta this week. It was, it was kind of a filler episode, but you know, all their episodes are so produced that it always moves the story along. Anyway, there was a couple of scenes though. that were just, that we couldn't ignore, you know, only hilarious in the way that Little Women Atlanta can be hilarious. Let's start off with that group counseling session. Y'all know Juicy love herself. Ju- if Juicy don't love nobody, Juicy love her some Juicy. Abira, low-key still beefing with the twins. And Monty want to whoop Tamara ass. <laughs> now let's break all that down because that's a whole lot right there. When all of these women are going around talking about the confidence that they lack and they, you know, they have these real like tearful, honest conversation, Juicy stand her ass up and just loves all over herself. She said, you know, hey, my name is, you know, my name is Juicy or whatever. You know, I'm a Pisces. I like long walks on the beach. I'm thicker than a snicker. And you can't tell me nothing, basically. I mean, that's basically what she said. Right after that, we take a hard right turn, and Abira basically takes shots right at the twins, saying that people respond to her, and she responds right back to them, and yada, yada, yada. But then, of course, the twins, they sitting right behind her. They're like, okay, obviously Abira is talking about us. Obviously. I mean, who the hell else is she talking about? So then they jump defensive and they start to defend themselves. They go back and forth, a beer talking under her breath that, you know, they so damn childish, you know, all that kind of stuff, all of that. But then thankfully they're all committed to moving forward. So, I mean, you know, they go back and forth, but it, it doesn't, it doesn't escalate off in these people's peaceful retreat. You know, they don't get it cracking like they did at that baby christening on uh, the Real Housewives of New Jersey. You know, they kept it cute. They kept it on mute. You know, they did what they needed to do. Then it was Tamara's turn. (laughs) Tamara talks about being the new girl in the group and constantly feel like she's being referenced subliminally. Basically, you know, by Monty. She's referencing her this whole entire time. Monty jumped in that confessional. She said, the only thing I'm confident about is that I'm going to whoop her ass. I know that's right, Monty. <laughs> but see, Monty, I don't know. They was kind of gaslighting Tamara a little bit. But it did feel like Monty was aiming a lot of that stuff at her. And if you just, if you just admit it and move on, 
Tamara don't seem like the type to hold grudges. She just don't want y'all to act like she's stupid and not acknowledge what the hell she's saying or what she's seeing with her own eyes. So, I don't know. Maybe they'll work it out here. Maybe they won't. But I love the fact that this scene ended with Amanda doing the exercise in the mirror and addressing the hurt behind Minnie's passing and talking about the hatred that she has for her own body sometimes. You know, she talks about being bow-legged, talking about how she thinks she's a little too overweight and all these kind of things. And, you know, everybody always talks about how beautiful the twins are. So it's always kind of crazy to see that people that are revered as beautiful are constantly, like, putting themselves down about their actual beautiful features. So, I mean, I, that, that was good to see. It was good to see her working through all that kind of stuff. With, I, don't, I don't know who the head of motivational speaker was, but they hyped up like she was the bomb. So, I'm going to go with it here. You you did your job. You got them, you know, you got them right, I guess. Hey, a lot of child, I don't damn know. Another kind of funny storyline during this episode that I want to address was Monty basically telling Juicy she want to help get her tacky ass together. She told her she's sick of Juicy wearing all them inspirational ass t-shirts. Now see, I, Monty, I'm with you on that. Every time you see Juicy, it's a lot of rhinestones and it's some kind of quote. You know, a uh, uh, bad bitch scene here or uh, love yourself or... Uh, 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 thicker than a snicker. I don't know. Uh, 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 slurping and burping. It, uh, them t-shirts always said something inspirational and juicy. You need to come up out your comfort zone. So now Monty is launching a career. And you know what, Monty? I think you might have finally found your lane. The looks that she was actually putting together for Juicy actually looked good. Juicy went from Walmart to... To Super Walmart. Like, it's... <laughs> Let me stop, okay? Let me stop. It was good for Juicy. You know, I always feel like you got to acknowledge people's personal best. It was good for Juicy. Juicy, you be in too many important rooms in Atlanta to be dressed like you going to work out at the park all the time. Like, so I'm glad Monty helped you out in that regard. The last scene of the episode was the Abira's performance for the other ladies. But before we get to that, we got to talk about Tamara putting together this routine for Abira. Now, see, Tamara got together with this other dancer, and they putting the routine together, and Abira comes in the room, you know, playing the track for them. I'm trying not to laugh. I'm the dancer... Didn't know it was a beer on the track that they were listening to. That lady said, yeah, because that man, you know, we got to, you know, it, it sounds good, this song. I like that that man doing his thing. A beer said, no, that's me. Damn, a beer. Don't let, listen, you got to, you got to cough or get that shit out your throat. Like, you came around there sound like Marlo Hampton on that track. I, <laughs> the gag was because. Listen, when that song came on, I was like, who is that, DMX? That shit kind of hot. Like, I thought DMX had a new song out, but chat, that was a beer. I ain't a, a beer. You be doing that deep that deep voice when you rap, dude. You know, I got, I got five on it. That's what a, a beer, though. But you out here, you, you, you got me out here living with a beer? A beer? <laughs> the episode ends on sort of a cliffhanger. Abira performs for the girls. You know, they do their thing. It goes well. You know, yada, yada, yada. Tamara chooses. I hope I'm saying the girl right. Tamara, Tamara, hell, I don't damn know. Chooses to ride the wave of all this positivity. And she asks Monty for a conversation. 
child, Monty wouldn't let that lady get a word out. I guess we'll find out next week if they they're supposed to be friends or what now. Random question though that I had. I you know so I watch these shows and I daydream and I forget and think about the most random shit. Where is Bree? I thought Bree was supposed to be moving back to Atlanta because her and Emily had a falling out. I I need somebody to come and fight with Abira or the twins or something because y'all left cheek and right cheek were good for that shit. They be rumbling in the club. So I need Bree. Bree, don't grow too much because I kind of need you to <laughs> let me stop. Let me not hinder your let me, let me not be a weed in your garden, but I need you to come back and start some fights, Bree. Okay, let me go ahead and move on to our last non Bravo show, which, of course, y'all know I added a couple of weeks and it's still the most foolish of them all, Married at First Sight. Why don't I start off by talking about the two more baseline couples before I get into the three that just take us on a a damn roller coaster ride every single week. So I'll start off first talking about Ryan and Clara. See, I feel like Ryan is basically me if I were to ever get married. I think Ryan takes issue with sharing his space, but the problem is he's not vocal enough to express it. You know, he's the one that's like, sure, yeah, of course, mm-hmm, yeah, that's all he say. Now, me, I'm damn sure vocal enough to express my damn point, but he really doesn't want, I feel like he doesn't want to share them rooms and them dressers and them closets. Hell, he don't even want to have sex or say, I love you, so, yeah. Later on, at some point during the episode, they go on a double date with Eric and Virginia and Eric and Virginia kind of revealed to them that they've said the, I love you words and how it was such a big moment. They both said it at the last date and all this kind of stuff and yada, yada, yada. But you can tell that it makes Clara super uncomfortable because Ryan not only has never said it to her, he's never said it to anybody in his life. And keep in mind, when they asked this man about this on this date, he said that his last relationship was two years long. You were with somebody for two years and you never told that person I love you. What the hell were you with him for? What the hell? I, I still, but my main question, I still want to find out if he's actually a virgin because that will, ma- I feel like that will make a lot of sense to me. Like we don't need to shame him about being, shame him about being a virgin or anything like that but i feel like we need to know and i feel like that would kind of probably explain a lot about what he's actually i don't know his behavior on this show because it's weird now will he ever say i love you to her or to any other woman i don't know i ain't psychic bitch but he might say it i mean i feel like maybe that's the season finale thing i don't know much later in the episode though they go on a plane ride and they talk about like their most enjoyable experiences so far. And that man took so long coming up with an answer that it was shameful. And even later in the episode, when they were sitting up there celebrating their one month anniversary, he still couldn't say it. They had a dry ass dinner. The food looked nasty because it looked dry, cold. Uh, didn't nobody bother heating it up. It came right from Uber Eats. They didn't put it in the oven or nothing. And he still couldn't say it. See, I think Clara, before anything, will get a lot more tired than uh, than he will. So, I don't know. Maybe if you can stick it out, maybe he'll say it to you. But don't, don't, what they said, don't count your chickens before they hatch up. Let the chickens come crow at some shit, some country shit from where I'm from. Hell. Now, Vincent and Brianna didn't really 
make much of a splash on this episode. They didn't really have many scenes, honestly. Mostly because the other couples were cutting up so goddamn bad that they didn't really need them this episode. But he takes her on a boat and he surprises her by showing her a copy of their actual wedding. You know, all the couples on this episode are celebrating their one month anniversary because apparently that's something that people do. (laughs) Beautiful ceremony. You know, we get to relive that moment all over again. That shit that plays out over three episodes. They talk about afterwards how the problems that they've encountered so far are so minuscule that like they they barely register like as a hiccup on their radar. They're they're a really beautiful couple and I'm really rooting for them. Why at that exact moment, though, why did my mama call me on the phone (laughs) and say, oh, I just, I love them together, but both of them bastards got some evil ways. I was like, you know what? (laughs) You're not lying. That's exactly what I said to her. You're not lying. I I, I feel you on that. Then they go up to the top of the boat and they, you know, they pop a little bubbly and they celebrate their one month anniversary. And that's about it. Just saying. But, 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 we like them, okay? We like you, we rooting for you, but y'all just, y'all didn't, y'all didn't give enough on this episode, okay? Before I move on to the three more <sighs> problematic couples, I want to talk about a little kind of dinner date, lunch date or whatever that happened between Bree, Paige, and Haley. They all kind of meet up and they basically discuss the state of their relationships. Now, I told y'all, Haley, Haley's a bit cautious because she sees how far Brianna and Vincent, Vincent's relationship has progressed. And, you know, they're basically goals. I just told y'all that. So Brianna doesn't really have anything negative to contribute to this conversation. Haley <laughs> noticed that she didn't say she was uh, cautious or jealous because of Paige and Chris. Now, child, I wouldn't be either. <laughs> she said she'd rather uh, be single than be like Paige and Chris. I don't blame you, baby. She said she'd rather be Tamar Braxton. I'd rather go blind, blind, blind. And I would too, shit. I don't, I don't want no parts of Chris, damn it. And at this point, I damn near don't want no parts of Paige either because I don't understand either one of them. I don't know what's happening. Then we get over into Paige's... Oh, What's going on with her and Chris? Paige tells them that she tells them about what I was obsessing about last episode, which is he bought his baby mama a new car. Now, you know that I told y'all that the new car part isn't weird. In fact, that's noble. You should do that. That's the mother of your child. You don't want your baby out here looking crazy, walking around and stuff like that, trying to get from school to school and place to place and all this kind of stuff. But to buy her a brand new Mercedes, I feel like it's kind of sending a signal. I don't know. I, I need I need help flushing that out. I just feel weird about that. And then I think they kind of talk and it makes me realize why, why it was so weird to me. She talked about how he bought her, the baby mama car, and she said he's clearly acting or operating as a single man because he didn't consult with consult with her at all now see i think that's what my issue is because if i'm gonna buy the premise of this show i want to see y'all operating as a married couple it seems like both of them are still just kind of pretending especially chris 
they, I don't know, Haley and Bronner, I like that they were, you know, hyping her ass up too. Because <laughs> honestly, I would have been hyping her ass right along too. I went, no, nah, Paige, he wrong for that shit. He could have bought her a Toyota. He could have bought her a Corolla. He could have bought her a Mitsubishi. Nah, but he didn't bought her a Mercedes. Girl, he don't love you. I would have been right there with y'all. I know that's right. That man, listen, that man got a whole nother family. Not another, a whole nother, N-O-T-H-E-R. A whole nother family in Chicago, home of Harold's Chicken, apparently, child. And he got you in Atlanta. That should tell you enough shit right there. You know what? Since we own them, let's just go ahead and jump into the intrigue that is Chris and Paige. We start the episode off with her going to meet him at the basketball gym. The basketball gym, child. (laughs) And they shoot around. And her little interviewer, confessional or whatever... She confesses, like, you know, that she has concern over him buying the baby mama a new car. I hate saying baby mama, but y'all know what I'm I'm trying to get through this. Hey, y'all know who I'm talking about. The mother of his child, a new Mercedes, instead of just any car. I look, I stand by my stance, no matter uh, what it was, you're sending a message by buying her a new Mercedes. Then they sit and talk. And the fact that he's been engaged twice before actually comes up. Now, remember, she didn't find this out from him. She learned that from the pastor, the pastor that he said he's not going to go to no more because the pastor be telling all his damn business. (laughs) Shit, I don't blame you about that. He up there acting like, oh, you know what? Let me stop. I was about to talk about Jamal Bryan. Let me let me keep going. After he explains that, you know, he was young and he was desperate for love and he was financially unstable, he tells her that the girl is the one that actually broke it off because they kind of broke up, then they got back together, but then it was a lot of uncertainty and then she kind of broke it off. By the end of the conversation, though, they seem to be doing really well, which is, yeah. Later, he invited her over to play pool. It goes well, but then she says, once they sit down, that she needs consistent communication. Uh, This is where shit really goes off the hinges here. He said, well, I've been calling you and stuff, but you didn't answer a few times. Child, this turns into him not being, you know, uh, uh, what is it? What did she say? Him not being uh, there for her and her not being, you know, meeting her needs and her not meeting his expectations and them not being emotionally connected and like all this kind of stuff then he says the big oop she doesn't want to hang out outside of filming child and that is this is something we hadn't heard before so him throwing it out there was in my mind at least kind of mind-blowing i don't know this sets it off because now he's saying that he's called her like five or seven times in the past week And he doesn't get any answer because it's all for the cameras for her. Now, see, this is the realest conversation that I've seen them have. He says he thinks that they're like, you know, they're at a dead end. And then she breaks down into tears. Ooh, this is a lot per. (laughs) I just needed to purr for a moment because this is a lot. It now feels like y'all just aren't compatible. Like whether the baby was there or not. I don't think the physical, mental, or the spiritual connection was ever there. Just cut y'all's losses and get off this show because y'all are putting y'all selves through what I refer to as voluntary hell. No one is making y'all stay in this situation. Like, get on and go on now. As my my granddad would say, go on now. Just go on. 
grown up off this show. Y'all are by yourselves. Like y'all are volunteering to be put through this constant trauma and hatred and just self-loathing and whatever else y'all are going through. Just stop it. Get off the show and cut your damn losses. Let's go to Eric and Virginia. Now, after that raggedy ass double date that they had with Ryan and Clara, they go on a picnic at some point during the episode and they talk about where they're going to live. She outright says that she doesn't want to live at his place temporarily or permanently because it's his place. She wants their own place. He takes it to heart like he does most things and says, well, I know where I'm going to live and you're going to live there too. Ooh, wait, wait a minute now. Who the fuck you talking to? <laughs> Let, let's get that straight right now. Who the fuck you talking to? Because the damn show can't be me, right? You, you not. I have to look back and forth like you're not talking to me, are you? See, he's too damn controlling for me. He doesn't know how to have a rational conversation or a rational disagreement. Every disagreement has to turn into an argument because it has to be his way or any other way is wrong. Like, see, his way or no way at all. I, he is... He's becoming a lot every single episode, and I'm still not over that little uh, jab he made last week about, you know, she's into, you know, all of the, you know, the the protesting and all that kind of stuff. I just don't do that kind of stuff. I, I read between the lines. I ain't even, all right, let me move on because quit playing with me. After more back and forth and talking to her like she's dumb, he says, well, I know where I'm going to live. So either you come live there or you go live wherever you want to live. I don't care. See, y'all y'all doing too much. But then the thing is for me, let me tell you what it is for me. The last dinner that they had where she gave him that stupid ass blanket with her face on it. And then he gave her that stupid ass picture with the coordinates on it. I guess they were coming up with maybe it had to be a theme, like maybe some corny ass wedding gifts or something. I don't know. But after that, that dinner. They basically like seemed like they were just ignoring all of their problems once again and living in the honeymoon phase. Now, see, that's only going to work for so long. I don't know how the hell y'all are trying to constantly live by this philosophy of let's just live in the honeymoon phase and uh, 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 let's just pretend like the big issues aren't there and we'll just be happy. But then when the big issues come up, we'll just continue to have these big ass explosions. I don't know. Couldn't be me, but, you know, if y'all like it, I love it. Let's go ahead and move on to Jacob and Haley. Jacob and Haley start the episode off with a tarot card reading. That damn tarot card reading didn't do shit because hell. Haley must have prepared that damn lady beforehand because she was telling all they damn business behind the scenes. <laughs> but one thing about it, that tarot reading gagged her ass, though. She gagged Haley's ass because she said that they were actually compatible. Haley like, bitch, didn't I, didn't I tell you to say that we were supposed to go ahead and get a divorce? I slipped your ass a 20 at the door and your raggedy ass still over here saying the wrong shit. Child, they end up going to a wine vineyard for tasting and all that kind of stuff later. And it seemed like they were actually having a good time together. But y'all know whenever Jacob and Haley are having a good time, shit goes left immediately. He commits to not pushing and not pressuring romance. And apparently it's been helping. They have a basket of goodies on a table with photos from the wedding. Now, I don't know why them doctors set their ass up with that, but he realizes by looking at those pictures 
it made him think about that first kiss and how they kissed and she immediately pulled away, acting like she's shy. <laughs> I'm so shy. You know, all that kind of shit. He going through the basket. He Now he's starting to feel some kind of way. He's realizing that he's been in this marriage by himself from the beginning, basically. Ultimately, they end up having an argument because he says he feels like she looks past him every single day and he doesn't know how to build a connection with her because she won't tell him how to do it. I mean, it's not that hard. Tell him what you want and he'll try to do it. I don't know. She tells him about the struggling to make a connection and how that's never happened with any other man before. She asked, okay, so like how long have you felt this way that I've been looking past you? That man says since around day four. Now keep in mind, they a whole month into the marriage and you've been feeling like this for three and a half damn weeks. Child. He said every time they hug, she's letting out grunts and sighs. Can you imagine that? Every time you hug somebody, oh, here we go with this shit again. <laughs> Child, all of this kind of stuff. And it makes him feel like she's repulsed by him. And like that, he's saying like, there shouldn't be an issue because it's a damn hug. Like you hug strangers. She said, yeah, well, I'll never see the strangers again. Listen, he gave what she wanted. She said, well, he said after four weeks, you'll never see me again either. Damn. I know that's right. Jacob ain't playing with her ass no more. That man said, look, this relationship clearly is a case of her not being attracted to him and him actually being attracted to her and him trying to build that connection and that physical attraction, but you can't really build physical attraction always. I don't know. He is it's a lot, but the disgust that she usually kind of displays is always usually kind of apparent. Like I know like watching the show, it seems apparent to me. So I know it must be apparent to him. It tends to, I don't know th- that display tends to anger him a lot. And his anger is very, very, very passive aggressive. And that shit would drive me crazy. So once again, I'm rooting against both of y'all. Usually, you know, with the couples, I'm never rooting against one person. It's always usually both of the people. I'm rooting against both of y'all. Y'all just break the hell up like Chris and Paige uh, claim to do every damn episode. But break up. Uh, 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 get your mojo back. Go meet other people. Tell the therapist to give another try next season because... Jacob, I don't know if you'll be interesting to anybody, but I mean, you built nice, so I'd give you a chance, but I don't know about no other self-respecting woman or man or whoever, child, whoever. Hell. <laughs> you know what? I didn't spend too much time on y'all. Let's go ahead and move on to Summer House. Y'all, this episode of Summer House was so goddamn ridiculous. I don't know what to do. <laughs> Chat, Hannah and Kyle are both anxious about having to run into each other at the house. Because remember, they've been fighting on damn near every episode. But they got into a pretty bad blowout on the last one where he said, what's up, your ass? And she's like, I'd feel better if I had some up my ass. And, you know, yada, 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 all this kind of stuff they've been doing. Child. Kyle even said he couldn't sleep last night because he doesn't like falling out with friends. So at this point, it just seems like they both want to make amends and move forward. At least at this point, child, I don't know. Lindsay gets flowers from Steven, but she's still not sure if she wants to, you know, make amends and, you know, prepare the relationship or if she wants to break it off completely. Child, 
you not sure because <laughs> you ain't sure because that man ain't did shit to you. You just wanted to self-destruct and have these people tell you that self-destruction is a good part of this situation. I don't know, hell. Side note, these damn flowers, Paige, when she goes to get these flowers, went down there, but she forgot her damn mask. Listen. If this isn't the most relatable scene in the world, the damn Uber Eats driver or the DoorDash driver is at the door and you turning the key to get your damn Nacho Bell Grande. And right before you push that door open, you said, shit, where my mask at? You look around and you, you don't see nothing. You like, damn, where my little, uh, my little N92 or whatever that mask called? You don't see it nowhere. You look on the couch and you see a damn throw blanket. You take that throw blanket and you throw it around your goddamn uh, uh, mouth and uh, nose and everything else. Like you, like it's a, a XL turtleneck and you open that door and you get that hot ass delivery food. The damn food don't cost nothing but $7, but after tipping and taxes and delivery fee, it's $67.40. You know what? I you know, I almost cussed uber clean out on this but you know what i'm trying to keep my sanity i'm gonna be cool i'm gonna be nice let's move the hell on kyle goes to pull hannah for a conversation they go outside and it starts off somewhat peaceful but then it quickly goes off the rails Kyle tells her that she does stuff to hurt everybody's feeling feelings in the house and hannah rightfully so says well what have i done to you now see Y'all know I like logic and practicality. Tell me what I've done to you. Don't tell me. Don't pull me aside to tell me what I've done to other people. That's like that whole Candace and Monique shit where people would say like, well, you know, Candace deserved it because X, Y, and Z. And everybody else is like, wait, what in that X, Y, and Z had to do with Monique? You know, I'm just saying, uh, child, I don't want to bring up Potomac no damn more and start some fights. So let's just, let's just pretend like season five didn't happen. Okay. Kyle talks about Hannah taking shots at their relationship, which is a valid answer, but I told y'all, I'm stabbing and jabbing at any low fruit possible when we fighting, okay? <laughs> Let me stop, because I scared y'all when I was talking about throwing y'all damn Roku sticks at y'all, so I'm not going to do that no more. He also says he wonders when she'll finally be okay with him and Amanda's relationship. She's like... I have no issue with y'all's relationship. I don't know what you're talking about. My issue is the way you speak to women. He says, I don't talk to women any kind of way. I don't care who you are. If you're a man or a woman, if you disrespect me, it's a problem. He says, I want to know if you're rooting for our relationship. Well, she says, you know, of course, but I've never done anything otherwise. And child, you know, Hannah be lying some damn time. This is when both of them start to lose me. I told y'all. I seriously believe this show is outside of my bracket. Not my tax bracket, but just... I'm going to leave it there, okay? <laughs> Some of y'all know what the hell I'm talking about. It's just it's outside of my bracket, okay? Kyle says, I genuinely thought we had a friendship, and I'm practically shaking right now because I don't have falling outs with friends. Okay, this is where you lost me the first time. This we need to take our first break to kind of discuss this. When in the fuck were Kyle and Hannah friends? I thought Kyle always thought Hannah was immature. And I thought Hannah always thought that Kyle was a cheater and uh, looked down on people or whatever. I've never seen y'all as friends. Like, sure, okay, Hannah is great friends with Amanda. 
Amanda is his girlfriend. So, of course, by proxy, I guess, y'all hang out every now and then, but that don't make y'all friends. I mean, I, I don't know. Y'all ain't friends. Y'all ain't been friends. Y'all not friends. Y'all ain't gonna never be friends. Cut it the hell out. Hannah says, you're not my friend. <laughs> now Kyle is worried about the rest of the summer because, quote unquote, somebody doesn't like him in the house. Hannah said, I was your friend coming in here again, lie, <laughs> but she feels like when she hangs out with him, it becomes an anger fest, her words, not mine, and her having to defend herself. He said, but it's not a personal attack. Then Hannah, this is where you have to come to the light and collect your gathering. Hannah, after arguing with him a bit, says, you're sitting there like my dad telling me things I've done wrong, like you've done nothing. To which Kyle says, I feel like I'm being scapegoated. I bring, you bring up your dad when you're talking about me, and Hannah flies off the hinges. The damn hinges. Don't talk about my family. But wait, sis, weren't, hold on. What, sis, you, uh, weren't you, but you had just, I mean, didn't you have, you had said, the, I mean, cause you, I, I remember you had brought it, you had, you had, you, uh, Hannah, I think the reason you chose a career as a comedian is because comedians are usually as unhinged as their stand-up routines in real life. And boy, oh boy, does this shit prove it. And this is coming from a podcaster who puts on a Batman mask to watch the new Justice League movie. Nothing about that explosion made sense. Nothing about my life makes sense. But Hannah, nothing about this shit made a lick of sense. But see, this is where I get confused again watching this show. I get confused the entire hour. I watch it every single Thursday. I don't know what's happening. Kyle goes back in the house after Hannah storms off crying. And then he, you guessed it, starts crying in Amanda's arms. What the fuck is everybody constantly crying about on this damn show? Like, seriously, what is everybody crying about? I would hate to see the cast of Summer House as, like, prisoners of war in in a different country or something because, my God, everything in the world makes y'all cry. What is happening? Seriously, what is happening? He says he tried and yada, 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 and then he cries some more, and then they cut to Hannah, and Hannah down there crying, and she's telling Sierra that she shouldn't have to be attacked by little brown leprechauns, and he's crossed the line for bringing up her dad. Child, he brought up your dad, and, oh, okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Apparently, she heard it as him being like, ew, you're bringing up my dad in the same sentence as me. Listen, all of y'all are batshit crazy, and I don't I don't understand this show, but I watch it. <laughs> I mean, I tune in. You know, I I can't necessarily. I have a a ton, like a ton. I've, I you know, my college was a PWI. I have a ton of white friends. I've never understood them either. Some of the shit they do, <laughs> and so watching this show just feels like I'm back in college again, trying to figure out why people are doing what the hell they're doing in front of me. But hey, who am I to question? Out of nowhere, literally, literally moments later, is when we get a scene that's even more batshit crazy than the one we just witnessed. They're ordering food, and they're, you know, they're trying to figure out what everybody wants, and Hannah comes upstairs and basically calls a house meeting. 
Then we get the apology heard around the world. Well, child, not not around the world, mostly around that little rental property and you know, across a few Instagram accounts and maybe the Bravo chat room. But you know, I, anyway, Hannah says, I've done some reflecting and I find myself fighting with people and seeing sides of myself that I don't like. And you know, I've, I've, I've done things that I don't like and I'm just, I've had my ups and my downs, but for any negativity that I've caused, I'm just really sorry. Kyle, I do care about our friendship. And that's when Kyle jumps in and says, same. And I like, you know, I, I think it hurts more than, more than usual when you come down on me. I do have so much respect for you. And Kyle, you're the man. Girl, listen, Hannah, go to hell. <laughs> now, y'all know Hannah is my girl because I feel like she brings the fuck out of it every season she's on this show. But Hannah, respectfully, go all the way to hell, to eternal hell, as my friend Stephanie says from the Mocha Menace podcast. Go to eternal hell because I'm sick of y'all. She's talking about she looks up to him and all this kind of shit. But what truly, truly blows my mind, this man sits up there and says, that's exactly what I needed to hear. Not just in his confessional, but he whispers that shit to Amanda too. See, fuck all of y'all, okay? (laughs) I don't even like to cuss like this on this podcast. I'm just lying. Yes, I do. I love to cuss. But... Fuck all of y'all. This show, ugh, all of y'all that watch this show and continuously stroke these men's ego, I want to say these white men, but I let me stop. See, this is why I'm pledging right now on this podcast, you're hearing it here first, I am pledging to never comment on Kyle or Carl's Instagram posts ever again, any of them. Like, really? We can't just agree to disagree or we can't call for a truce or we can't just, oh, I don't know, stop saying nasty shit about each other. But you have to go out of your way to stroke these people's ego so hard that like you experience orgasmic level pleasure. Like, really? I hate every last one of y'all on this show, <laughs> except Sierra. God damn it. I hate all of y'all. I'm sick of this shit. And you know what? Thank God for Kaya from the Bravo Wild Black Podcast because she said all of my words summed up in one. I've been telling y'all, I, as batshit crazy as Hannah was on this show, I go up for Hannah because Hannah does what the fuck needs to be done. Hey, it's Kaya from Bravo Wild Black and I have an opinion on Summer House as I have an opinion on literally everything. Kyle will never be, can never be, was never and won't be the man of the house. Actually, with Summer House, I don't think that there is a man of the house. And you know what? That's okay. They're all kind of beta type males. And I am kind of living for it. Because when we have too many people trying to be the man, it doesn't work out. I personally think that Hannah has the biggest dick in the house. And she's doing what needs to be done to make this season entertaining as fuck. And I know that's controversial. I also am interested to see what the boys are going to be fighting about did Lindsay actually really hook up with Luke and everything else that encompasses this season? It's filling the spot of Vanderpump Rules, and I hope that you guys are enjoying it as much as I am. Y'all know me and Kaya, 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 Calendria. We share the same uh, 
controversial opinion about Summer House. My whole thought, my whole, you know, line of thinking was Hannah now gets two checks from Bravo. So she would turn the fuck up whenever she needs to. I think they went into this house like, okay, this is very experimental. We have six, you know, six weeks to live in this house. All y'all together working. That might shit might be boring. So we need somebody to help basically ramp this shit up. Who, of course, but the person we have two times on payroll, Hannah Burner, enters the chat. And she turns the fuck up every time she needs to. Now, that might be uh, uh, angering to y'all. Some of y'all might be like, no, Amanda's the favorite. Amanda ain't doing shit. Now, listen, Amanda can be your favorite, sure. But Amanda is not anchoring this show. Kyle is not anchoring this show. Carl is not anchoring this show. This shit is all about the most followed Summer House cast member on Instagram, and that's Hannah Burner. Now, as problematic as she might be, especially on this show, it's Hannah shit. I'm just saying. Lindsay calls Steven when the gang goes to the beach and she finally breaks it off with him. Now, child, I thought it was broken off when that man packed the dog fuck out of his bags and got the hell up at that house. But then then again, he started sending flowers and PowerPoint presentation and Tiffany Moon Excel files and shit. I'm so glad y'all finally called it off officially. Everybody just moved the hell on. You know what? I'm going to start treating Lindsay and Stravy just like I treat the people on Married at First Sight. Just break the hell up so we don't have to deal with it anymore, our damn selves. Back at the house, Hannah gets a text from a psychic that says Luke and Lindsay hooked up. The psychic is saying, like, you know, that's why she never saw it for Luke, you know, her and Hannah being together because they've done things before and they've been hiding it. Plus, we saw them damn near hunching on the beach <laughs> as soon as she broke up with Stravy. So, I mean, hell, it's believable to both Paige and Hannah Child. It's believable to me, too. Now, I only mention this scene because it seems like it's going to be the catalyst for the upcoming explosive fight that's going to happen on uh, Summer House, especially with Luke ranting to Lindsay about uh, Sierra starting to annoy him and all this kind of stuff. See, if you're listening to this podcast the day it comes out, which you should be, just saying, then you'll know that the fight is happening tonight. So listen to this, rewatch the episode, get ready for it. And now let's just go ahead and move on to the Real Housewives of Artalanta. We start off with Kenya and Fallon in Marlowe's uh, luxury clothing rental store. I don't know. Maybe it's a showroom. I'm not really sure what it is. Child is something. You know, motherfuckers in Atlanta always come up with something to flip a dime to a quarter. So the main thing to pull out of this scene is that Fallon is having a Halloween party and that Marlo basically tells Kenya that Latoya was telling all her damn business at Shamia's night and niece's party. It's still crazy when you think about it, how not so many years ago, our country was completely segregated Hearing Drew's mother talk about her powerful and incredible, incredibly like prevalent still today stories because people, you know, people like to pretend that racism didn't start until George Floyd got murdered in 2020, which we all know is far from the truth. We also learned that Josiah, who is Drew's son that Ralph adopted, his father has been reaching out to forge a relationship Now, later on, we see Ralph and Drew together as a couple approach Josiah and child. Josiah was not having that shit 
listen, we love a no, we love no nonsense kids. Okay, Josiah was giving me PJ vibes. You know, PJ don't play that shit. They went and talked to Josiah and said that you know his dad wanted to build a relationship and they prefer, you know, they prefer they refer to him as what is it, old dad or older dad, whatever. Which I get. I know some people online were uh, were questioning that because you know. Listen, I get it. Some people, you know, when they have a deadbeat baby daddy, they call him a sperm donor or, you know, all this kind of stuff. So I get I get the reference. But we learned that the the term older dad actually comes from Josiah. Like he would say that, I oh, you know, when she married Ralph, I got a new dad now. So he just became old dad because he wasn't in the picture doing shit. I, you know, I uh, listen. They asked him if he wanted a relationship with his dad. That boy said, hmm, nope. <laughs> he said, you want me to call you? Well, do you want him to call you more? Nope. Well, you know what? <laughs> Listen, what got me was that after all this negotiating they did to finally get him to potentially talk to older daddy, Josiah finally said, maybe, you know, it'll be like a maybe. <laughs> That's my new motto from now on. That, that is That is Kendrick's new motto. Kendrick. Uh, we're having some trouble with this report. Can you can you help them out with it? It looks like they're going to have a, you know, they've got a really tight deadline and we need someone to really kind of get in there and just, you know, help out with the team. Uh, maybe. It'll be like a maybe. That's that's all I can give you right now. It'll It'll be like a maybe. While we're talking about Drew, it's also important to note for the sake of future episodes that are coming up that Drew is planning a, a girl's trip to New Orleans because she has to go down there for like, you know, to meet with her agent about a few acting and singing opportunities and stuff like that. Okay, let's jump to Fallon's party because whew, that party was a whole lot, but somehow very little at the same time. But listen, don't worry, I'm explaining for you. Fallon spent a ton of time, three days to be exact, putting together like the entrance to the house to make it look like this spooky, scary, super nice haunted house. But that's, that's really it. Child, I, um, I guess she thought kids were coming or something. Cause she had that little ass food that Cynthia said, <laughs> Cynthia said candy could have ate that shit by herself. Ooh, was that shade Phaedra? <laughs> Kenya had the nerve to show up talking about, uh, this wasn't the turn up I was expecting. Uh, Kenya Moore, ain't nobody trying to turn up with your snitching ass no more. You lucky you even got invited from them damn people. They didn't even want to invite your ass. Now, before we move forward, let's go ahead and discuss the costumes. Candy, who is it? Candy, Drew, and Portia all came as different types of cats. <laughs> Candy had that makeup down and looked like an actual like jungle cat. Drew was a cat from bro, you know, from a, uh, the musical cats or the movie cats, whatever you want to say, which that tracks. Cause I, I've been telling y'all since the beginning, Drew dresses like she's about to give a Broadway performance at any given moment. And Portia, Chad, I guess Portia was a chess cat. <laughs> She was a chess cat, I guess. Y'all remember on Friends when Rachel kept saying that she wanted to buy that really exotic cat and then she came home with that bald-headed ass cat that was scaring the shit out of everybody? I think that was the kind of cat Portia was trying to be. Portia opened up that pack of, uh, of cat ears. She put them on and she walked clean out the house. She like, look, 
Uh, oh, that girl Fallon having a little party. Let me go a little kickback. Let me slide through there right quick. <laughs> Fallon, on the other hand, Fallon went off on her costume. She was Medusa. That makeup was down. She had the, the actual snakes in her hair. Fallon, you looked it good. Now, why you did all that just to invite their asses over, I'll never know. But then I have to remember, I'm like, okay, this is a COVID event. So, I don't know. Let me Let me stop being so hard on these people. You know what? Even Latoya, <laughs> even Latoya, the child Latoya is about to get turned into stone fucking with Fallon. But Latoya, she was a, a half dead ass mermaid, which is pretty good too. Good costume. Shamia was hidden figures. <laughs> she was an astronaut, but I'm gonna call her hidden figures because that's my goddamn movie. I feel like I watch hidden figures at least once a month and I work like a dog day and night. Living out a coffee from a pot, none of you want to touch. See, y'all don't, y'all, y'all don't know about Taraji P Henson. Let me move on, cause oh, y'all be playing. But see, in walks Kenya, in full Native American garb. Now, child, do I really need to spend a section on this? Like, really, do I need to address this? Cause we've been addressing it all week. Kenya, it's twenty twenty one. No one should have to tell you how inappropriate that is. Like we have a whole football team that had now that now goes by the Washington uh football team literally because they're not using Redskins anymore. Certain words and certain like uh, stop it. Like we should know by now not to do this kind of shit. Now Bravo, I will spend some time getting on y'all asses because y'all issued that apology and Kenya issued an apology too. But I'm go. You know what? For the sake of keeping this cute, I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna move forward. Latoya is funny as hell, but she's also rude as fuck when she's whenever she's in front of the camera. At this point, it can't be an act. Like this has to be her real personality. Coming in Fallon's home, shading her for being married to an older man, basically calling her a gold digger, demanding she be served drinks by a maid. Like you you doing too much, Latoya. Fallon said, I'll get you something because rich people don't act like that. Only broke folks do. Come on, Fallon. See, we need a little bit more Fallon in our lives. I got a feeling this isn't the last time we're going to see Fallon. I think Fallon is being well-received by the fans every time she's on camera. And I think we all we all need a little more Fallon. We can use some Fallon in Atlanta. Good and rich and not afraid to shave. We'll, we'll, we'll grab a, a, a club and whoop your ass. Everybody needs a little bit of Fallon in their life. Latoya and Kenya go off to the side for a conversation. Kenya asks why she's been telling all her business. And Latoya says her loyalty is to Kenya, but she gets conflicted because she's not sure what, what the problem is or what the beef is between her and the other ladies. Now, is it me or do that? I make no damn sense. Not just me. Okay, cool. Latoya says that lady needs love and affection from Kenya. And Kenya said you already got some from Portia. Ooh, I know that's right, Kenya shit. See, Kenya, just like Latoya telling all your business, you've been telling all them damn people business with Bolo. Hell, the gag is after Kenya did her normal slut shaming routine of, you know, calling all the other women tramps and skanks and whores. Latoya started laughing and said, I'm sorry, but I can't take you serious in that costume. <laughs> and Kenya, now we've said it, goddammit. Now we fucking said it. Latoya gets ready to leave and wants Kenya to walk out, but she refuses. 
She's like, okay, shit. Toya said that shit boring, so she gives Portia to walk out instead, and then she gives Portia the T-E-E. Latoya says that, uh, you know, she tells her about Kenya being mad about her telling uh, folks her business about Mark. And she basically tells her that her anger loops back to Portia. Portia is confused, like, nah, how'd I get in it? You see, I just get thrown in stuff. I ain't even did nothing. I know that's right, Portia. You see, uh, I don't know. But, but Portia was bringing up some valid points, though. Nobody at that party was attacking Kenya. Latoya brought that lady up out of thin air. Finally, Latoya says that Kenya is mad because her and Portia kissed. Portia is so damn confused. Like, where? <laughs> I guess they don't know that Kenya claimed to have these fake ass feelings for Latoya, but I don't know. Kenya gets ready to leave and has Fallon and Cynthia walk her outside. Now, this is when all hell breaks loose. Fallon asks why Latoya is leaving, and Fa uh, Latoya walks back and says, the energy is off. Fallon says, well, maybe the energy wouldn't be off if you you didn't, you know, come in disrespecting my husband. Now, what's funny was Kenya was walking clean off. Kenya was halfway to her car, but when she heard that, <laughs> she turned clean around. I know that's right, Kenya. Kenya said, I wish I fucking would miss this fight. Now, this, this is where editing enters the chat because the editing in this scene was piss poor. Latoya goes to her car and she starts shouting that she, uh, you know, Fallon's a hoe and has three baby daddies and Fallon is calling her poor because of her behavior. And we don't, the, I don't know if the audience recognized, but we didn't see a great portion of this fight. Like we didn't see a lot of it. Online, Fallon was saying that, you know, cause we see that part where she's like, Trenny. And we, Fallon says that's because it got heated when Latoya called her Ching Chong or Ching Ching or Chin Chin or something like that. Something that was meant to be negatively racial towards her her race, basically. Fallon is mixed race. So she I, it's uh, it's a lot. It's a lot. They she basically called her uh a slur that she didn't appreciate shit. We see Fallon go from zero to a hundred real quick. And to the viewer that didn't have this background before the episode. I know this has to be the most confusing thing in the world. Next thing we know, Fallon is running past this woman uh, in a house trying to get a golf club so she can whoop Latoya ass. She even left one of them damn Medusa snakes on the floor. And, she, and, and before you know it, she was in the damn garage. Bravo. Bravo. Andy Cohen. Embassy Row, whoever the hell I need to talk to. Y'all better explain this shit at the reunion. Don't try to leave us with this, with this as the fight. Uh-uh. I need y'all to talk about this shit. Talk about this because that didn't make sense to a whole lot of us. I'm going to wait and see if y'all got an explanation that y'all came up with. But until then, let's go ahead and get into my girls. We keeping it in Atlanta, married to medicine. I love seeing heavenless country messy ass do the repair on uh miracle from the good kids mad city do the, the repair on her teeth if you remember that story it made its way across social media all last summer a man was arrested at a peaceful protest and she was filming him saying his name and his address you know like his legal information so that she could get him legal assistance through whatever organization he would need because he was a peaceful protester getting arrested the police officer 
knocked her phone into her teeth and messed her mouth up. Heavenly, once the story like made its way around social media, she actually reached out and offered to fix her f- smile completely free of charge. Go ahead, Heavenly. Now, see, you may be raggedy a whole lot of the times, but at least you got a good spirit. Go, Good job, Heavenly. We got a lot of, not behind the scenes, but a lot of uh, almost like reality TV world building, but it, it relates directly to our worlds too. So like, first up, we get to see, we get to meet Anila's family. You know, Anila is our newest cast member. We get to meet her family a little better in this episode, specifically her mom and her dad. You know, last time we got to focus on the husband and the kids, but this time her mom and her dad have come into town. Now, child... That damn husband, he don't see it for them in-laws. Let me tell you that right now. He was over that shit before it even started. They had shit all in the foyer. They had shit in the kitchen. The living room was flooded out. The producer asked that man what his house is like when his in-laws are in town. And he was stumbling and stuttering and slurping and burping all over them words. He, he didn't know what the hell to say. He's sick of that shit. I Listen. I want to at least mention the mother-in-law, the mother-in-law, because she play a role in the final moments of this episode. Y'all know what damn moments I'm talking about. But we also get a little bit more world building during this. And we see Toya kind of showing us what we all needed to see. She's showing us the struggles of every parent in America this past year, which is trying to homeschool these already dumbass kids or these dumbass childs, as Toya said. Child, they got Toya out here homeschooling, child. They show her Toya is cooking, she cleaning, she getting the iPad together, she trying to teach them history and math, doing the homework, all kind of shit. Go ahead, Toya. All before Eugene ass come home. That's it. The, the kudos to all of you parents out there that have been virtual learning with your kids this year because I couldn't do that shit. I damn near don't want to virtually do my job. But I damn sure don't want to go in office either. So that's my only real choice. If I had to pick between going back in office and staying my ass at home for the rest of my life, I'm keeping my ass at home the rest of my life. Now, I don't know how realistic that is, but y'all pray for me. Okay, keep me lifted up in prayer. They said when uh, praise goes up, blessings come down. So y'all keep me lifted up. Okay. We see the return of Quadria Webb Lunsford, a.k.a. Quad. She came in shading the shit out of Heavenly, (laughs) wondering why Heavenly got a three-story closet. Now, child, look, I got the same damn questions, okay? (laughs) Heavenly Fashions ain't never gave I need more than a dresser drawer. Like, three floors? I feel like that's a bit ambitious. Heavenly shows Quad. You know, Quad over there going up for Toya and how... Toy is a wonderful person and all this kind of stuff. Heavenly shows Quad a video of Toya bad-mouthing her ass on live, Instagram live, I think it was, with Cecil and Simone. Quad changed that story fast as hell. She flipped that switch and she started telling all of Toya business. She said Toya big borrowed and stole for everything she got in that house and in that order. Hashtag no mama D. She said in addition to the home loan that she got, Toya has taken out a $100,000 personal loan to build that damn pool. 
Now, child, what y'all done brought Quad Black back for to be that damn messy? And Heavenly go have a nerd to say, I thought you saw the video. I didn't want to start all this. Yes, the hell you did. You had that video queued up, ready to go. See, Heavenly, you messy. I love the mess. But you messy as hell, Heavenly. Somebody need to call your ass out on that shit. Well, I'm saying somebody need to call you out. But them people call you out every episode or every season. It ain't shit changed yet. So, child, just keep doing what you're doing, Heavenly. We get to Anila's dinner for i believe it's called is it reiki which is like a hindu uh festival that celebrates brotherhood and love at some point anila pulls contessa to the side and says that she and toya should you know kind of talk and resolve their issues apparently <laughs> in in true merit to medicine fashion apparently the beef reignited between toya and Con tessa when toya had a holiday party and contessa came and refused to take off her damn shoes now if this ain't the pettiest shit in the world petty 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 contessa told anila that she ain't interested in hearing none of that bullshit they talking about after the traditions and the ceremonies are all done anila sends the kids off and she tries to get them to squash it once again. All hell breaks loose. Contessa says she's not interested because Toya likes to have war with her. Toya said it's too much like a roller coaster. Tessa said, well, she's not interested because in the world of COVID, child, that set Toya's ass clean off. Toya said, don't do that. Don't do that generic in the world of COVID answer because my husband deals with COVID and this and that and yada, yada, yada. Child, they going at it. I mean, they going the fuck at it. Before I get to this part about Contessa and Anila's mama, let's check in with Kai from the uh, one of my favorite Instagram accounts, The Real Housewives Orders. I don't know why I'm so obsessed with this account, but he literally posts clips all the time of housewives married to medicine all of our favorite like bravo ensemble shows ordering food at restaurants and it's like the most fascinating shit and i always remember one of my favorite scenes was actually an argument between contessa and toya they come to their restaurant and toya is ready to fight immediately but Contessa sits down and she orders, uh, she's like, yeah, let me get the rack of libs, or the, 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 the rack of <laughs> child, rack of libs, the uh, rack of lamb. Let me get a side salad. Is it, are those gargonzola crumbles? Oh, yeah, let me get a little bit of those. I'll have some uh, some balsamic vinaigrette. You know what? Let me get an oxtail on the side, a little bit of rice, some gravy. She ordering all this shit. Toya, as soon as she got done ordering, lit in a Contessa's ass, and Contessa got up and left without not even five seconds went back contessa got her ass right back in that scene because she remembered how much goddamn food she had ordered she said oh hell no let me go ahead and finish this argument so i can get this damn food to go you better quit playing with me let's check in with kai kai has some opinions we got a lot of differing opinions about marriage to medicine this week and guess who they're all about toya bush harris toya let me tell you something. I told y'all from the beginning, I said, I don't know what edit Toya is going to get, but we all know Toya is going to carry this season. What is she doing? She's carrying the season. Kai, take it away. Hey, Kendrick, it's Kai. And here's my Married to Medicine hot take for the week. 
Toya's back must be in so much pain from carrying Contessa's storyline since she joined the show. And that's that on that. Contessa gets up. She throws her napkin at Anila and she tries to leave. Anila's mother jumps up and she grabs Contessa and doesn't want her to leave. And she's, you know, she she won't let her go. She keeps telling her, no, work it out. Work it out with her. Work it out. Contessa tells that lady, I don't want to snatch away from you, but I'm a strong woman. Don't make me do that. Ooh, don't threaten the lady. Mama, not the mamas, anybody but the mamas. Don't threaten the mamas, Contessa. The funniest part about this scene, though, was the fact that Toya, look, I was Toya during this scene. They showed Toya while uh, Contessa was trying to pull away from that girl's mama. Toya was already drunk, and she was tickled beyond belief watching all this shit play out. If this wasn't the funniest shit in the world, now look, not everybody is as entertained with Toya's antics as we are. (laughs) I got a comment in from my girl, Miss Nina, in New York. And she is over the shit that Toya is giving on reality TV week after week. Miss Nina, go ahead and give them your thoughts. This is Miss Nina from Brooklyn, New York. My latest thought regarding Toya from Married to Medicine. I mean, we're only, what, two episodes in of the new season. At what point is Toya going to give up the angry black woman narrative? Because it's tiring at this point. I mean, just give it a rest. What are you always screaming and yelling about? What are you so angry about? Like, really? And why aren't you seeing a therapist about this? Now, if y'all remember, I absolutely predicted the fans would be split about Toya this season. I knew that, like, she would be rubbing everybody either the wrong way or she'd be giving the fans exactly what they needed. Mariah is completely gone and Toya, I mean not Toya, uh, Quad is bumped down to a, a friend of role and without them to, you know, this show has been anchored around those two and their beef for so long. I knew somebody was going to have to step up and the only logical choice was going to be Toya and Contessa constantly arguing and then Heavenly randomly getting into fights with people too. Chad, I'm looking forward to seeing what's going on. Let's go ahead and talk about these damn <sighs> these damn raggedy ass real housewives of Dallas. And you know what? I'm going to help. I'm going to get my girl Stephanie to help me out from the Mocha Menace podcast. She's going to briefly kind of recap that little altercation that sets up this episode between Mama D and Deandra. Hey, this is Stephanie from the Mocha Minutes podcast. And I just have a quick, 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 quick note about the episode where uh, they threw a Moroccan-themed birthday party for Tiffany and Brandy decided to um, rail against <laughs> the meditation exercises that um, Deandra Shaman took them through. Uh, she decided to have a conversation between her and Dee and they decided to perpetuate what they were doing as demonic. Now... Um, meditation is not demonic. It it definitely is not. But literally what you watched was tone deaf white women rail, railing against and shitting on somebody else's culture. 
that was being appropriated by this white man. But anyway, um, that's a whole nother conversation. But literally, you watch two white men, and I like Mama D. I do. I really do. Um, I think it's her opinion, and I... Okay. Your opinion should not land you in jail. However, meditation uh, as a whole is not demonic. What he was doing was cultural appropriation, but it wasn't demonic. So I think there's a difference. And it was Jeff Bezos levels of wealthy about Brandy to sit in judgment of anyone at that table, anyone viewing that show. She is literally the last person to be judgmental about anybody at all. You went to racism rehab, which is not a thing. You can be quiet. That damn Stephanie <laughs> is so damn funny to me. Not the racist rehab, child. <laughs> we kicked the episode off with Tiffany telling Carrie and DeAndre that she wants to invite the girls uh, somewhere. <laughs> so look, my damn dog had me so distracted during that episode. I don't know where the hell she wanted to take them. All I was able, was able to gather was that she invited them somewhere where they had two hotels, a Hyatt and a Renaissance she the ops. Let me just tell y'all. <laughs> y'all know I work in hospitality. Y'all know I work in hospitality. I'll just let y'all know right now. Those are neither of my companies. Just saying. Just throwing it out there. Tiffany, I don't want you to be the ops. So I'm, I'm going to reach out to you in a DM. I'm going to tell you what hotel brand you need to buy. I'm going to tell you which one of the brands of that particular brand to buy. And then you give me 5%. And then we'll, you know, we'll, we'll take it from there. Deandra then talks about Brandy at the party, just the same party that Stephanie just mentioned. And she talks about how Brandy was so ridiculous and hypocritical about the meditation. She mentioned what I mentioned on the podcast last week, Brandy being on a show and going to a haunted house and talking to spirits, but got the nerve to say that Deandra is whatever she's doing is demonic. Brandy, Get the fuck off this show. Like, like, what are you actually doing? Like, really, what are we, what has your role become on this show? You've, uh, oh, shit. We, anyway, we then talk about Deandra and Mama D beefing right after Brandy throwing her little accusations around. Deandra thought that they had made, like, they had turned a tide in their relationship, basically, after years of what I call Mama D beating DeAndre the fuck up. <laughs> I'm just saying. Chad, y'all know D and DeAndre don't even like each other like that, okay? I'm just saying. DeAndre actually goes over to D's house during this episode, though, and she apologized. They discuss her brother, how that man don't answer her calls, and how her and Jeremy basically dropped that shit off at his house for nothing because that, that damn man didn't answer the door hell. So maybe all is well with her and Mama D. Hell, I don't know. They, Chad, they just they be doing stuff. They'll be arguing next damn episode. We finally get some clarity on what Stephanie's charity is because I promise y'all, I didn't know what the hell she was spending all of Travis's money on. I promise you, I didn't. You also when she explained it at first, it made it seem like. She was going around to high schools and putting in celebrity lockers. Uh, she was like, yeah, these lockers were in the Pacers gym. And I'm like, what? What are you? But we finally get some clarity on it. She actually like picked some contest winners, I guess. And they, I guess the high school was 
affected by, I don't know what it was, a hurricane or something. There was some, it was in Texas. So I'm guessing they, uh, they got hit by, maybe it wasn't in Texas. Child, y'all know I'd be lying. I don't know. I did. Stephanie kind of boring now. So I don't pay too much damn attention to her scenes. Just know that they put in these new lockers and the lockers, the lockers, the locker rooms were sick. Now she, she did the damn thing. I mean, it was a nice scene, I guess, but I could have, I could have done without it. Tiffany's mom stops by her house and she gives her the hung bow, which we learned previously was the red envelope that you give money in during, I believe the Chinese new year. Tiffany waited till she got the money first. I know the fuck that's right, Tiffany, before she told her mom about their reduced schedule. Her mom actually was surprisingly supportive. Now, wait a damn minute. Tiffany, Tiffany humbled flexed on our asses. She said, this isn't the same woman who threw a house slipper at me for scoring a 1550 on the SAT. You know what? Let me move on because me and my little degrees, we ain't even smart enough to be in this damn conversation. I don't even know what the hell I got on the damn SAT. I did all right on the ACT, but I don't even know what the hell I scored on the damn AC, the damn SAT. So I know I won probably nowhere in the 15. So child, let's, let's move the fuck on. Okay. Let's go to Tiffany's Lux Luau party, which is absolutely beautiful. I will say like during this section is like when we saw a lot of the new interview looks too gorgeous i mean cam looked like she was trying not to be little bo peep or somebody but other than that everybody was dressed down downington but we also find out that cam is trying to buy you know she's trying to buy the house and be all in the process but she's never paid a bill in her life now why is that some shit that just comes up in conversation you've never seen a bill before or you've never paid a bill if you don't get the entire fuck out of my face when I tell y'all, I cussed Comcast the fuck out the other day for trying to sneak an extra $50 on my bill like I won't go goddamn notice. I already paid $250 a month for that damn service, and you trying to charge me another $50? You trying to make my bill uh, uh, damn near $315? Oh, hell nah. And you ain't never seen a bill before. Half But hold on, sis. You know I got to get you together. Hold on. Hold on. Hung bow. Hung bow. Hold on. Hold on. You want to get mad about Tiffany talking about her damn bathrooms and closets and uh, 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 her damn uh, bragging and boasting and yada, 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 all this shit you accusing her of. But now we've seen you on two separate episodes alone this season bragging about your $2,500 sandals. And now you've never seen a bill. So y'all just, y'all, y'all just make up the rules as y'all go along in Dallas, huh? Y'all just make that shit up on the fly. The rules don't apply. You don't follow the rules, huh? The rules don't apply to Tiffany, but they, 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 they apply to you, huh? Let me stop before I get mad and turn into juvenile because y'all, y'all really know how to piss somebody off in Dallas. I promise. When they do the sit down portion of the dinner or whatever, they asked Brandy and Deandra what happened between them at Carrie's party for Tiffany because basically nobody was paying attention. They was all, you know, off talking, having their own side conversations and stuff. Baby, Deandra got that shit started. She said, I looked to Brandy 
to comfort my mother and to tell her about the meditation party and how it wasn't religious or demonic and yada, yada, yada. And Brandy said that I wasn't a Christian. Child, she brings up all the journeys she's gone on with Brandy and how they went to their haunted house and how they talked to a medium. Listen, Deandra got this shit started and she said, I brought that raggedy ass pendant from last year that you gave me because I feel like it has an evil spirit on me. Child, that spirit you were feeling was brandy. Yeah, yeah, get that shit back to her. No good will prosper or no good will come to you or flirt. Child, I don't know no damn scripture. Look, <laughs> all I know is the clock, sisters. Okay, leave me the fuck alone. Deandra gathered Brandy's ass. And of course, Stephanie has to jump in like a guardian angel and make sure that all ends well. You know, she can't let her best friend get attacked too damn much. She got to jump in and, you know, be a, the, the perfect comic relief. I'm so sick. of. I don't know why I'm so sick of Stephanie this season. She, she's just getting too good of a damn edit every single season. And it's getting kind of annoying. I like my favorites to be flawed and Stephanie is very far from flawed y'all Dallas y'all can really do some damn annoying and you know what let me give Kaya one more <laughs> one more damn opportunity because I think she says what all of us feel about Dallas it's Kaya from Bravo Wild Black um this is gonna be short and sweet I'm so glad Dallas is gonna be over soon y'all thank you Child, you and me both. I'm ready to get to this reunion so we can see who the hell uh, we got to address. Uh, hand, hand, every goddamn body. And I'm ready to get Dallas the fuck off our TV screens too. Bring back New York. Hey, I'm even willing to give Beverly Hills a chance, even though I already know they're going to be boring as fuck too, like they always are. But let's go ahead and jump into our last show, our last Bravo Field, Bravo Liberty, Bravaholic show of the evening. The Real Housewives of New Jersey. And y'all know Teresa gets it motherfucking started. Let's go. I hollered and I love the fact that we pick up with Jennifer Aiden cleaning up her foyer because she threw up in that bitch after the last episode when she was drunk boots. She also threw up in that man damn Ferrari too. Now see, Bill, let me tell you something. Bill Aiden is a goddamn saint. You can throw up in my damn Ferrari with child. I'm saying that from my, uh, my own damn budget he can afford it. he can get he can afford to get that damn car clean i know that's right jennifer jennifer made sure to tell y'all look i don't get to get that drunk too often so i'm enjoying myself when i get drunk i know that's right jennifer you better drink jennifer don't let them people try to stop you it's damn covid everybody a damn drunk right now we tired we can't go to the club we can't do none of this stuff drink to your heart no let me not let me hold on let me not promote uh alcoholism i'm sorry this is a proud sponsor of stop drinking Dolores getting the award for her breast cancer awareness work was beautiful. She didn't get the big ceremony that she deserves because of obviously coronavirus, but they brought the award over to the house and Frankie Jr. presented it to her and Frankie Sr. was in the background crying. Child, just get back with Frank Sr. Fuck David. That man couldn't even be bothered to beat her. That man jumped on that damn motorcycle and he drove clean off. Now, see, I don't appreciate Melissa Gorga most days, but I actually appreciated her during this episode. She asked in front of everybody, why don't you live in David's beautiful home? Because keep in mind, this is the first time most of them are seeing this new house. 
because that man didn't give her a damn ring. That's the only reason. We don't care what Dolores say. No, Dolores, that's not why. We know exactly why he didn't give you no ring. So now you act like you don't want to live there. Now all of a sudden you enjoy your freedom and all this kind of stuff. Child, I guess. Look, I know what it's like to be embarrassed by a man, uh, Dolores. <laughs> These men will do you any kind of way. Don't let them do you any kind of way, Dolores. Hell, as my mama used to say, she is no. I'm about to say, I don't know if I can say that or not. My mom used to say, you a cow giving the milk away for free. <laughs> but y'all know I ain't calling her fat because a child, Dolores, listen, Dolores got that work done. Dolores ain't never been fat on our TV screen. She's only been uh, uh, skinny boots. So I don't feel too bad calling her a cow, a, a milkless cow, I guess I should say. As all of the ladies are preparing to go down to the Jersey Shore, not Melissa, Jennifer finds out from Bill Aiden that Marge's husband, Joe, had heard the same rumors that Teresa had heard. Now, child, uh-oh. As soon as Teresa, Jen, and Dolores, and Frank Sr. get in that van, or that SUV, whatever the hell it is, child, Jennifer couldn't wait to tell them folk, and Teresa feels validated. Frank Catania's messy ass wouldn't confirm what was said because he knew Teresa would have had that time of her life that weekend. All that information would have been out there in the streets. See, if I was Teresa, I'd hire me a real good skywriter just to fly over dinner right at the right time. I'd act like I forgave Jackie. Oh, no, I know you didn't mean to call my daughter a cokehead. No, for, no, we good. Piece of shit, coke whore. Yeah, I remember I said that. I'd let her think everything was okay. I'd get a skywriter. They coming across the sky, all that damn smoke, and that shit was set. I ain't no lie. Four words, I ain't no lie. But for real, I don't know. I, you know what I do feel, though? I feel like, how many of us feel that Teresa probably took a complete stab in the dark <laughs> with that rumor, but it actually paid off? See, that's the best shit. When you just start a rumor about somebody, but then it actually is something that's true, you're like, ooh. <laughs> not, that I've, not, not that I've ever done that before. Okay, moving on. Side note, <laughs> we basically find out that Jackie is the New Jersey version of Dr. Heavenly. Jackie showed up with all that damn luggage and all them damn suitcases. What you got in there? Now, Jackie, we ain't never just known you for fashion now. Did you really need to bring all them damn maxi dresses? You had to stunt on them by being a true uh, TJ Maxinista. <laughs> Go ahead, Jackie, with all them high-waisted jeans you had up in them uh, the suitcases and, and pieces of luggage and overnight bags and shit. Now, see... We found out that Teresa is in business with Joe Giudici during this episode. Now, whoever told her to go into business with the same man that put you in jail because of his business practices, I'll never know. But we shared it. They went into a sex toy business. A new He got a new sex line out. She's invested. And she gives all the ladies like these golden vibrators. She even gave Jackie one. But see... Y'all know Teresa. Teresa said, it's kind of big, so I don't know if it'll fit <laughs> up your ass, but maybe, Jackie, maybe you should go ahead and try it. <laughs> I know the fuck that's right, Teresa. Teresa is not letting go of that damn olive branch comment. Y'all remember on the last episode, Jackie said she can take that olive branch and shove it up her ass. Jackie, of course, doesn't engage. Listen, New Jersey is at its best 
when all of the cast members are willing to engage. That's what we're used to on this show. You gotta engage. Jackie doesn't show up to film cast trips. She doesn't show up to parties. She doesn't engage. See, I need all of y'all to keep that same energy y'all had with Meredith Marks disengaging all goddamn season, okay? All of us were like, you know, it's cute to disengage once or twice, but that seven or eighth time, you got to grow the fuck up, Meredith. You got to say something. But look, Jackie, let me not write you off too damn quick now. The conversation at dinner somehow shifts to boys night and Teresa brings up the fact that Marge's husband Joe heard the rumors about Evan in town Jennifer confirms and Marge tells her basically to shut the fuck up and all hell breaks loose you know Jennifer don't do that shit she do not play the radio with Melissa and she don't play the radio with Margaret Jennifer (laughs) listen they was going at it back and forth. And at the end of it, Joe still denied he would not confirm the damn rumor. Everybody going back and forth about a ton of things, including Teresa. When she starts acting like, you know, an asshole, according to Melissa, then Melissa blurts out, Jackie's about to cry again. <laughs> Jackie like, no way. How I get in this? I ain't did nothing. Jackie simply asked her. She said, look, Can't we just be cordial? And Teresa's like, no, because you're calculating and you're not confident. I only like confident women. I'm a very confident, you know, I'm a confident woman. It's confidence over here. I like the movie, Confident Woman. Jackie says, Jackie said, did you get that confidence in jail? Now see, all of y'all that were hyping up that I win comment from uh the premiere episode. All of y'all need to be ashamed of yourselves. Ashamed. Y'all need to be walking down Game of Thrones with that shame. Shame. Right behind Lena Heady ass. That was the lamest shit in the world. That comment that it, now this, did you get that confidence in jail? Oh now, bitch, that was a gag. <laughs> and y'all know I'm a Teresa fan because y'all know I like all the people that keep a mess. Jackie, that was a gag right there. Everybody at that table looks shook like, oh, shit, this shit about to go real left now. Look, Jackie, I knew you had it in you. I They just needed to bring it out of you. And the only person that can bring it out of you is either going to be Jennifer Aiden or Teresa Giudice. Ain't nobody else going to even try. You know, they they holding the franchise up on their backs, baby. I, listen, Jackie, I'm still not really impressed with you. I'm impressed with you as far as your career goes, but... I ain't impressed with you on this damn show, but you know, you got to give people kudos when they do their personal best. Like when Drew Sedora shows up, not dressed like she on Broadway and that hair is looking real, you know, them lace fronts looking real good and HD and plucked and tucked and sucked and all like that. You got to give kudos. I'm giving you kudos, Jackie, because that was a motherfucking gag. That was the gag, Jackie. And you know what? I want to see some more of this shit next week because I've been ready to fire your ass for a long time. Okay, bye. As always, thanks for listening. Want to support me for free? Just head on over to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Podchaser or CastBox and leave me a five-star rating and review. Need to contact me? Just email me, housewivesmarvelpodcast at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram for hilarious memes and all kinds of updates regarding the podcast. That's at housewivesmarvelpodcast. This is Kendrick, and I'll see you.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. And now it's Geico's Motorcycle Rules of the Road. Avoid biking in the rain and never touch another person's bike. Hey guys, look at these bikes. So shiny. Uh, Whoops. I'm gonna leave a note. Oh gosh, there's more. And the rule to saving on motorcycle insurance is, in 15 minutes, Geico could save you 15% or more. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.